Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. This is it. I made a noise like this. Dusty Hera. Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I'm beginning to like this kid, Mike. <laughs> this is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. Are you the Fan. Hour number two on Danny and Dusty, 503-864-6326. That's the Vancouver Ford text line. You can also hit the comments on youtube.com slash 1080amthefan. That's how you can communicate with the radio program. Will Zalatoris hit an ace at the Genesis down at Riviera, and he won a car for him and his caddy. They they do a twofer for that. Ooh. Yeah. Did, did you hear what Phil Mickelson said last week? How many hole-in-ones he's had in his career? No. Take a guess. How many hole-in-ones Phil has hit? 16. Way more. Way more? Way more. Somewhere between 17 and 100. Ooh, that was good. That's good. 43. You're close. In fact, you're very close. 47. That's pretty good. 47? Yeah, he's good at golf. 47? Yeah, he's good at golf. It's Phil. He's really good at golf. Now, that's just... I I was thinking... He's been a pro for so damn long. I was thinking like that would be on in like tour events or like in preparation for those tour events. With he the has, amount of golf he's he five plays, on the tour. Five on the tour. That's why I went I yeah. went really high and I was like sixteen because I was thinking like and maybe Phil number if, one. if you go like at the Masters Par three, he's probably had a couple there. Um, at the par three challenge and then like in tournaments, like I, I was thinking like if I go really high, sixteen would be it. But when you think of all the golf he's played in his life, and when he's not playing on the tour, it's at like really nice clubs, but he's going not, really low. Yeah. He's going really low but and still, not seeing PGA pin placement or green. Seven? Yeah, that's incredible. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh Zalatoris's uh caddy is a guy named Joel Stock. He's he's from Oregon. So that new whip is gonna be coming this way. He was the University of Oregon. He was uh, Ben Crane's teammate, Beaverton's own Ben Crane. Beaverton's own. Hey, no kidding. Yeah, and he was Ben Crane's caddy for the longest time. Nice. Yeah, so um, that happened at the Genesis. Let's get to a little football. I heard in Rusty's update, Jimmy G popped two games for the PEDs. Oh, no, you hate to see it. What's your grind with Jimmy Garoppolo? You're the team's the dumbasses that that brought him in. Yeah, I know. And now I see a a nice way for the dumbasses to get out of it. (laughs) Look, it sucks for Jimmy. It really does. But whatever he took, I hope it was worth it because it's going to cost him $11 million. So he took something they didn't have a prescription for, and it's on the banned list. This tells me like he took like Adderall or something. No, HGH gets you the big one. HGH does not get you a two game suspension. You get I, you get you you do not get two for HGH. I thought they had the 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 one the the light ban on it first. I do no. I think HGH is a different. Um, no, no, it's, 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 it's for oh no, it's four games that they the performance enhancers for. Yeah. That's why. Okay, it's not. Two. So this is under the performance enhancing drugs policy, yeah, but but it's not the performance enhancers. Quote, yeah. air quotes. I, yeah, I bet he took some Adderall or something like something that, like that. And, which, which he shouldn't be taking without prescription, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I think in the description or the statement or whatever, it said it was a prescribed medication, but he hadn't sought out the therapeutic use exemption. Uh huh. 
So there you go. So it said, pres- but it, what I'm saying, it said yeah. prescribed. Sure. Yeah, two games. I mean, two. Yeah, the two games is not the thing that's the problem. Yeah. It's the thing that violates his contract, which makes it null and void yeah. that the Raiders now get out from under for free. Hey-o. That eleven and a half million dollars he was owed is now no longer guaranteed. How have you ever looked into how many, how many like drugs are are banned well, from the NFL? It's a scroll. Yeah, I mean, it is lengthy. Yeah. I'm going to, let's see I'll that. tell you this right now. The NBA's version, a lot smaller. A <laughs> lot smaller. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Yeah, they got a, it's a laundry list. Oh, no, the NFL's Holy is crap. wild. Probably because the NFL, the guys are more likely to try to beat it. Well. Goodness gracious! You just keep scrolling. Oh, it's, it's and a lot. Scrolling man. and scrolling, so uh, we can't really uh, hey, rule, rule out a ton. Methamphetamines is on here. Yeah, so no, can't that, do that. That one's on the NBA's. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> can't do the meth. Tyreek Evans will tell you that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot there. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how where to start with how many there are. Uh, it's again the, the bigger part of this story to me is that. Two hundred. They save eleven million dollars. The oh, Raiders do. I mean, not just the Raiders, but I mean, just Jimmy G costing himself eleven million dollars because he probably some Adderall just took something. It's like that's the thing I about mean. this. I, I I genuinely do feel bad for Jimmy G because I guarantee you he was not counting on his eleven million dollar guaranteed contract disappearing. Do you think that Mark Davis handed him something and said, "Take this," and then <laughs> called in the league and said, like, "Ha uh, Test an- him now. I'm cheap." On another hand, I think I did see he has one hundred and forty-eight million dollars in career earnings. He's okay. So sure, I don't yeah, feel but too like, terribly for hey, him. Look, man, like if somebody's well, but if you're uh, not going to get eleven million dollars, I like that eleven million dollars. Like, he's, he's not getting that money anywhere else. No, he he won't make eleven million dollars in the league again. Jimmy oh, could sure be a backup will. for a long time. How he, old is Jimmy G? He is handsome. Point? He's handsome, and, and he's well liked. He can, yeah, he can just kind like of everybody does vibe with him. Remember that was the whole thing with yeah. picking Jimmy in San Francisco was he, that the vibes were there. He's a great dude. Feels yeah. great, baby. Yeah, and he's thirty two. So I bet now he I don't think he's gonna get eleven million dollars left, but I think he could be back up till he's like thirty six, so he's thirty six, thirty seven, so he's probably got like four or five more years backup okay. money. He could fit he could fit magic this thing. You could play, yeah, you could yeah. you could pay because look, for Jimmy Garoppolo, do you want him to be your starting quarterback? No. no. But if you have a guy that goes down and you ha- you say we need somebody to operate and just steer the ship. You put Jimmy in there. You know what that's he, he can do that. A couple that. weeks ago we were talking about the death of the veteran quarterback. He was exactly what the veteran backup should be. Like a very, a very capable, competent backup. Like, yeah, your quarterback's gone for four to six weeks. It sucks, but he'll. You got a chance with him. Find a way to keep your name in the news too. You know, <laughs> yeah, just way to you go, know, Jimmy. Just date a porn star every now and then. You see that uh, Jim Harbaugh completed his staff with the Chargers. He announced his his complete staff. This is an interesting staff. Well, I mean, it is Jim Harbaugh. Ah, uh, boy, because he's bringing along a lot of a lot of his defensive staffs. Is guys that were with him in Michigan, including his defense coordinator yes, Jesse Minter, Minter who yeah. uh, we knew that that one happened. But he is also bringing uh, Steve Klinkscale, who's n- scale, who's never been an NFL coach before, only college experience. He is hired Navarro Bowman. Who I is saw a that. I was, I was like, him. 
mm, that one's that one screams really good. You bring the that screams D'Amico Ryan's 2.0. Yeah. When I see that, I'm like, oh, that might be a really good hire. The guy who can relate to the players knows exactly what the expectations are from Jim Harbaugh. I played, under, played him. under him. I can tell you what this it. is like. But his offensive, like his defense step, there's some questions, and like, well, we'll see how this one goes. His but, offensive assistant. That's the one that caught my eye in Tressman. Well, he's got his entire offensive staff, I think, is nails. Yeah. Like they are really damn good, including Greg Roman. Because I think when you look at the offensive staff that Harbaugh has assembled, we know what Jim Harbaugh's offense is is gonna look. It's gonna look like the prototypical pro, pro style offense. offense. Yes. You are going to have Justin Herbert under center. You are going to use a tight end. You are gonna have a lot of twenty one personnel in there. You will be Exotic enough to spread teams out Real and quick. go into eleven personnel quite often. Yeah, how much? I can't. I I don't remember how much did Herbert play under center to Oregon. None. Uh, the final year, I think he just he took a couple of sneaks. But other, uh, but other than that, it, it was never all, in high school either. Okay, that's what I thought. He, he I think he'd only taken. I th- I think he said he never actually practiced snaps under center till he got to the NFL. Okay, that's that's what I thought, and and he still wasn't doing a ton. They, I mean, yeah, Moore. they did with Kellen Moore. Yeah. In he, once he got to the NFL, he you obviously have to be able yes. to go under center, and that hasn't been an issue with him. It's not like he has a no. But this will be a, this will be a, I think a push to even more. They're going to try direction. to run downhill. Yep, you've got um, Andy Bischoff, who they've added to that staff, who has a run game coordinator, who was in Houston with the Texans. He is a a run first guy. They bring a lot of Baltimore people in. On the offensive side of the ball. This screams the end of Austin Eckler and number one, a running back that can stay healthy and number two, somebody bigger. Well, they have so many, like the variations that they have in the offense because you you, you talk about Tressman, he's an offensive analyst. Mark Tressman, yeah. former Bears head coach, mm-hmm. who was a disaster as the head as coach as of the Bears. Coach, but, but their offense wasn't no. the problem. Like they had the, they were top 10 offense when he was the head coach in Chicago. But, it was everything else that yeah. kind of fell apart. You don't have to worry about no. that when he's the offensive analyst for you. You also bring back Shane Day, which I think is a home run hire. So you have Shane Day, who is in L.A. with the Chargers with Justin Herbert two years ago. Last year was C.J. Stroud's quarterback coach in Houston. They bring him back to L.A. And now you're starting to see kind of how this offense is going to look because Greg Roman, downhill running attack. Mark Tressman, who likes to throw the ball a ton. He's a Marty Ball disciple. Marty Schottenheimer, uh, he coached with him in Cleveland. Then you have Marcus Brady, who is a guy who got his start as a replacement for Nick Sirianni in, in Indianapolis under Frank Reich, then went to Philadelphia, has been with the Eagles under Nick Sirianni. And then you have Shane Day, who has familiarity with Herbert. And then Tressman and Roman, those two guys, with with obviously Jim Harbaugh having say in this, you have every variation that you could ask for in your offense. It's everybody on this staff has gone through it, and I think that when you have a team that can be as multiple as as L.A. can be, when you have Justin Herbert, their offensive staff is going to be nails, man. They are going to be. Really damn. The must champion was the one I was wondering when I saw the name, and I was like, I wonder. And yes, he is the uh, 
nephew of Will Mus- Will Muschamp. Yeah, Robert Muschamp, yeah. who they brought in as a defensive. Assist- they just brought in a bunch of dudes Football who have been dudes. at really successful places. Every yeah. stops they've been. And though. he was at he was at Auburn for those one. They went to Baltimore. They went to Philly, and obviously Baltimore with John Harbaugh mm-hmm. being a, the common thread there. Baltimore, Philly, Indy, and then last year's Houston team. They are going to be really stinking good offense. I, I know we always talk ourselves into the Chargers because they have so much talent. I, whatever Ugh. whatever the Chargers are selling this year in the offseason, whatever the win total is, unless it's insane, I'm probably going to take it because I, I, I'm not going to doubt Harbaugh. I'm just not. I, I'm not going to do it. That dude can coach football. He, he might be the best coach we've seen in the modern era. I My biggest question is what do they do in the draft? Where what direction do they they hold the fifth overall pick? They have been Fashanu. injured kind of all over their offensive line, but they have Rashawn Slater as your left tackle. Yeah. But if you have he's if been you, injured, but if you have two, you get Fashanu and Slater to absolute freaks, and then you're looking like the way Detroit started theirs. Or if you if you want to go the other side and go Alt, go Joe Alt, have two tackles that are just dudes. I don't. I, I wouldn't fault them at all. They are a candidate, though, as a team that is roster wise really good. Quit on their head coach, trading back, acquiring more picks. More picks. They they are prime candidate for that. I hate five. to say this after taking Quentin Johnson, trade back, get an offensive lineman because you've got probably five no BS linemen you can take take in the top twenty that you won't bat an eye at, and you can take the other pick and go get another receiver. And just find a team that's desperate for a quarterback or... At number five, you're you're going to have whoever whoever you want after Drake and Caleb. You could go and get it. At five, you're going to have whatever quarterback. If, if, if Jaden Daniels, anybody? Jane, well, New England is sitting there lurking at three, you, which you, you don't know what the they hell they're going to do. Jay, I just... I have no idea what they're going to do. This is a new world. It is, but organizationally. New GM, new, GM, new head coach. Who knows? Their offensive line is a disaster, though. Yeah, so, getting, getting somebody who can move. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Top three on the latest mock. One, Caleb Williams. Two, Jane Daniels. Wow. Three, Drake May to New England. And then they have it number five for San Diego. Joel. Joe Alt. Yeah. All right. 503-864-6326. That is the Vancouver Ford text line. Um I got there's a piece of audio that I, I, I want to play because we don't we don't see this too often. Next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, so we talked about the Milwaukee Bucks, their kind of disarray and how that pertained to, you know, going through, working through some things here in the first half of the season, especially when you have, or the unofficial first half is now we're halfway through the season. 
<laughs> and we hit the all-star break. A team that has been really going through it and trying to figure out what the next evolution of their team will be is the Golden State Warriors. And Indeed. They're playing really well right now to the chagrin of Blazer fans <sighs> because the Blazers own an unprotected first-round pick. Well, top four protected. Top, oh, sorry. Top four protected yep. first-round pick from uh, Golden State. And they're 8-2 and two over their last 10, and they're figuring it out. Yeah, and it comes down to one thing, really. I mean, it's a couple things that play into it, but the thing that matters the most. It's the return of Draymond Green and him being moved to center, Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney was never supposed to actually Looney. be in the NBA, and the fact that he was as good as he was for them, his hips, and this is going to sound hilarious, his hips are as bad as mine, and he's playing in the NBA at six foot eight. He had the same exact hip surgery that I did, and the fact that he has been as productive as he has been over these years is insane. All I'm hearing is that you're going to play in the NBA. Yeah, no, if I was, you know, six foot nine with the world's longest arms and an insane defensive IQ and, I don't know, real athleticism, sure. Right. Um, but they've moved Draymond Green to, to the center. And, and they, he's moved out of that kind of four spot, and he did the small ball five thing with the death lineup, which can be covered up when you have seven-foot Kevin Durant and all that spacing offensively and you're overwhelming. But Dre has lost a half a step in his age. But as playing small ball five, now as long as they don't match up with, you know, the Jokic's of the world, this works incredibly well in the emergence of Jonathan Kaminga. Now, Kaminga's still not really shooting threes on volume, but he's able to knock enough down to be a little bit of a threat, but they have rim pressure with him. Steph is still doing Steph things, but it's Draymond has... His defensive juice has really popped for them over the last handful of games. The emergence of Brandon Pajimski, yeah. who is now starting over Clay and, Thompson. And that is, that's the crazy part. The Santa Clara product who, talk about scouting your own backyard effectively. Right. <laughs> who leads the NBA in charges taken as a rookie. He that's is, just an insane stat. He's been playing really well and well enough to unseat Clay Thompson in that starting lineup. And last night, Clay Thompson came off the bench for the first time since his rookie season in 2012. And I give Clay Thompson a ton of credit for accepting this, for being who he is, in having awareness. How many players have awareness about them in the NBA? Where you talk about this and you were talking about Malik Beasley earlier with Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. He was promised a starting lineup spot. Well, yeah. guess what? It's not working. Yeah. And if the the conversation around Milwaukee is, if you move him to the bench, what's going to happen to him in the locker room? What's going to happen to the Milwaukee Bucks organization? Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors, who rings matter. And again, also, remember, Clay is in a contract year. Clay Thompson has not been playing well no. in up to their standards. And what did they do? They said... You're going to move to the bench. Well, they tried everything and before getting to this point. They went yes. through it, and they said, it's not adding up to wins. You need to take another role. But it, it's not just making that move and mm -hmm. make, if you're Golden State, and massaging that, because it hasn't gone smoothly. No. Hell, against the Clippers the other night, uh, he Clay Thompson goes, or Steph Curry goes to give Clay Thompson a high five, and he just walks right past him. Mm -hmm. Like, Clay was He's going through it. in his feelings. Yes. In his first game coming off the bench, he comes out, scores 35 points <laughs> on 13 of 22 shooting, 7 of 13 from 3, score, at one point scored 18 consecutive points for the Golden State Warriors. Looked like games of clay. And then came out after and said this. More importantly, uh, I realize I'm going to play a ton of minutes, so you just got to let the ego go when you think of coming off the bench and all that. So, I mean... 
I thought about Mono Ginobili. That guy has four rings and gold medal, and he came off the bench his whole career. And I don't think anyone looks down on his Hall of Fame candidacy. He's uh, one of the greats, and I thought I'd – I mean, I embraced it that, before tip. And, uh, I mean, I deserved it, really. I didn't didn't respond to the not playing at the end of the game well last night. I kind of took it out on the assistant coaches, and I apologized to those guys before the game. And I think that really let uh, my guard down and let me just be myself out there. We've seen Clay Thompson over the course of this season and really over the course of the last month accept his fate in the public eye. And the not- closing lineup where Draymond yeah. spouts off. I didn't start. I didn't close out Game Five of the NBA Finals. Who gives a blank? Which he's on, not man. wrong, but in that moment, Dre, shut up, shut up. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, here's the thing: we don't ever see this play out in public, which is it's playing out in public because Clay is allowing it to. But more often than not, even that part of it is more rare. But what is? so rare in the NBA is doing what Clay is doing. And he's not doing it fully willingly. He's telling you he's not. He chewed out his teammates. He blew off Steph. He, you know, he's... Cussed he's, out coaches. He's... This... But he is he is accepting it. He is going out there. Now, I don't know how, much, how you're accepting it when you're getting 22 shots up, but we'll see what it looks like when you're getting eight. But there are so few great players who have aged and allowed it to happen. The last one that actually allowed it to happen and changed and their career changed after injury is Vince Carter. Carmelo Anthony never changed. Grant Hill as well as a guy that I can his, say his medicals forced him. There was yeah. there was no choice but about he did it. but he yes. but he did it and he adapted and he changed his mindset. Yep. And that's the hardest part as a player. Well, it, it's accepting your fate Rudy whether Gay. it's physically or role. Yeah. Rudy Gay and Vince Carter the two guys like the reason those guys stand out so much is because it is so rare. Most guys, when they're great, it's you fall off and then you're done. You, you, where, do you how much do you remember Iverson in Memphis? <laughs> yeah, Patrick Ewing in Orlando. Yeah, like when it falls off, Olajuwon in, 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 in the Raptors. Yeah. Like, when it falls off, buddy, it falls off. Like and it's just like because they're not willing to accept the lesser role to be the mentor to have their ego checked because you've spent the entirety of your adult, not even your adult life, your your child life, having your ego gassed up. Well, Shaq, when he wasn't as dominant at the later part of his career and he was bouncing around the, the big league. cactus, you know, it, he even he accepted it finally towards the very end. But yeah, it's just, and so it's very interesting, but it's also, it's unique. And just kind of, uh, this stuff isn't as important as I'm probably making it sound kind of enjoy these and respect these moments as a sports fan because they are very rare and they're very fleeting to get these kind of insights into it but also that a star is willingly going through this and that is that that's a rare part and i think something that we can kind of all take from it is in what clay in his openness to what he's been telling everybody about this nobody handles these situations perfectly and for whatever reason, we want everybody to be perfect and to say everything the right way and do everything the right way. But there is a path to being successful still and having those bumps in the road. And that's exactly what they've been going through. And he's openly admitting it. Like, 
if you are accepting of it in the or the person that you're working with in any form of of whatever you do in work if they're accept, accepting responsibility for what they do as far as their screw ups you can't have a pathway to be successful and move forward this was the first real big step for Clay Thompson in, yeah. in the Warriors, though. And I, I, I appreciate the hell out of it because we don't see it very no. often. And he's on it. He's been brutally honest about it. Um, I hope Clay continues to figure this stuff out, and I hope the Warriors face plan the rest of the year. That is a great way to put it. In all seriousness, the, the Warriors are, are going to be in the play-in because the Jazz made moves to kind of liquidate at the trade deadline. Liquidate. And not really get a ton of impact back for them. And if you look at the way the West is, there's nobody going to catch them, but I don't think the Warriors are getting out of the play-in. And it's going to be tough. It's tough for me to see them beating either Sacramento or Dallas or both to get out of the play-in. So it still probably likely ends up being a lottery pick. All right. So we'll let's see, go. We'll see how that shakes out. All right, coming up next, our worst day on the web. It's not quite a dog ate my homework situation. But uh, one group of guys had a, a hell of an excuse for showing up late and not having their assignment done. But first, here's the big kahuna with the Sports Center update. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down? It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. I don't know what brought it up. But I was sitting in the uh, media room Tuesday night, talking with some folks with the Timberwolves, remembering, I remember what it was, I remember it was talking about the good old times, and because the, the Timberwolves are playing incredibly well, and the Blazers are not. I'm like, huh, the roles are kind of reversed. The last time things were going really well for Portland, they got stuck in an elevator. Ah, yeah. You know, Evan Turner's famous line, this is not how you treat a former number three seed in the Western Conference. That's right. And they were stuck in that Boy. thing for about an hour, and Dame was going through it. He ate the only granola bar in the entire elevator. Did they set up a pea corner? I I learned that from the office. Dwight Schrute, you've got to establish the pea corner. Which was would have been very interesting, because in that elevator was Damian Lillard, Evan Turner, Myers Leonard... Ennis Cantor, Rodney Hood. There's some big humans in there. That's some massive humans in that elevator, man. Uh, I say all of this not just to kind of like remember some guys, but uh, we it happened again, not to the Portland Trailblazers, but fairly Dickinson. Hey, the sweethearts of the NCAA tournament last year. Did they were about to play their game and they were leaving their locker room, and in order to do so, they had to take the elevator down. To get to the floor where the game is played, and they get stuck in the elevator. That's a weird quirk for a, a an arena to have to have the visitors' locker room taken. The visitors have to take Stare an elevator, elevator down, yeah. yeah, to the the arena floor. The court of the Steinberg Wellness Center in Brooklyn. That's the thing. You got to remember, they're in Brooklyn. Everything's vertical. Oh my god, you can't. You don't have horizontal space. <laughs> and not even for a locker room. Just like shove them under the stands because they were on the road. Correct. Were they, yes. they were on yeah, the road. In Brooklyn, yeah. Even at, like the visitors' locker room, notoriously, should be small and dingy. They had to go down an elevator to do mm-hmm. that. the The great part about this is that they were late for the game, and the fire department had to come and let them. Yeah, they, out. they had to get the fire department to come pry them out and lift the the elevator up so they could get out. Kind of a deal. Did they win? They did. They won. They won in overtime. So even the See, distractions perfect. could not get to them. 
perfect. Yeah, less time to shoot around. You got go in there and win that play. game. Let's go, baby. That would be terrifying. I've never been stuck in an elevator. I hope I never get stuck in an I elevator. Have, but it was like for five minutes. There's nothing I would. Uh, I would. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Those five minutes would be terrifying. I to would me. not do well. I get claustrophobic. Do you? Yeah. I don't get claustrophobic, but it's just something about just being stuck in an elevator. I'd be like, I want, I would find a way out almost immediately. I start feeling claustrophobic, even just watching like uh, uh, submarine movies. Just like I just, yeah. See, the submarine doesn't bother me. It's the idea of being hundreds of feet underwater in the submarine for months at a time. Yeah. So, like, you go down for like 90 days in a submarine. I I don't do, nope, nope, not signing up for that. Caves. Like the like the people who do like the tight cave crawling thing mm-hmm. like yeah. that gives me like ooh yeah that can but like off. but like stuck in an elevator that doesn't bother me so, like I said the submarine doesn't bother me like moving around on a ship never bothered me what really triggered it for me I mean this and it's supposed to I didn't know this was coming either and so it screwed me even more in survival school everybody eventually gets captured and you they put you in a kind of a mock POW camp. And they've got the the burlap sack over my face, my hands cuffed behind my, or tied behind my back. And they put me in a locker, like a foot locker. That's not good. And, I mean, they stuffed me in this thing. And, buddy, I did every, like, my mind, I wanted to scream. Like, even thinking about it right now, it's kind of hard for me. Like, I, I started to like, kind of hyperventilate, and, like, it was... What I didn't know at the time was these lockers that they kind of put you in, they have a board that they can adjust the size. So they make it tight on you on purpose, but it's not, they're not going to hurt you. No, I'm good. But I didn't know that until afterwards, but it threw me for a loop, man. Like that that level of claustrophobia, being that tight in there and not knowing and have the bag over your head, that screwed me up. Like it, that bothered me more than the. My hands are getting sweaty listening to that. Oh, dude, I had. I think we had like something like twenty four hours of sleep deprivation where they they had the strobe lights and and music playing at like a thousand decibels. That didn't bother me nearly as much as being stuffed in that box. It could have probably only been twenty minutes that I was in there. Could have been twenty hours as far as I was concerned. Here's a text. Uh, take all the fan personalities. Who freaks out first? Obviously, Jeff Rust is number yeah, one. I'll raise my hand there in the elevator. In the elevator, I'm fine. I think it would be worse. It, it'd be worse for me if I was alone in an elevator than mm. in a, a group of people. Yeah, because I would become more of a calming force than anything else. I don't think I'd freak out. I think I'd be like, I don't want any of y'all in here with me. You're taking up all my air, Russ. Yeah. Russ, you'd be number one on my yeah. power rankings. Yeah. Uh, I. This is. I think Sukanik would freak out. And he would just try to like rip the Claw doors the wall. open. Yeah, yeah. he just try to rip the doors open. Yeah, he'd go full Hulk. He'd be smash. like, "I can do this," and he'd open it and be like, "Oh, cool! You exposed a wall." Does yeah. Rob uh, <laughs> Rob suddenly goes on about the current state of the industrial complex and how this is why we can't have nice things? Yeah, Rob would just be sitting there calling everybody bitches. Yes, um, yeah. Yeah. I think Dirt is a he's candidate a good for candidate for going sideways yeah. on See, this. I was gonna say maybe Sprague though. I mean, I think a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I don't think Swigard would handle it very well. No, he would be fine. He'd just be like, Phew. there'd be a lot of heavy breathing yeah. and sighing. Like, sighing. <sighs> the the lack of having a beverage. Yeah, I was going to say, just, God, I wish I could have a Negroni. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Buck would be telling us all how we can. You and Buck would be the guys telling us all how we could get out. And we'd be like, God, can we just shut up yeah. and figure this thing out? Just yeah. stop. I'd try to probably crawl out the top. 
Um, and I would we'd lift you up here. Yeah, I'd I'd just be like I'd be out at the top and be like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do now, Touch but the, I'm yeah. here. Definitely, definitely be checking on that <laughs> like grease, be, that I'd, greased cable. Yeah, I'd be doing nothing. And uh. yeah, I'd probably like ruin a shirt doing it mm-hmm. and be really pissed off because they'd open the doors and be like five minutes. And then I'd be like, well, that was for nothing. We'd get you up there, and as soon as we got you up there, they would open the doors. And you'd be like, well, guys, hello. That's it, yeah. Help, that's uh, that's a, I could see that happening. Yeah. I think as a overall as a staff, it would it would be hell for Jeff Rust. And yeah. everybody else, I think we'd we'd handle it okay. Uh besides trying to get Sukanik to stop using his rage to get us out of there, because that wouldn't help anything. Yeah. It wouldn't help anything. No, this is nightmare fuel. Twenty-seven football players holding pads above our heads. Free fell six floors in an elevator at the University of Nevada football camp. No. No. How many floors? Six. That's sixty feet. Bro. Nope. Nightmare fuel. I wonder how many people were hurt. I feel like you're you're gonna have an elevator full of poop after that. Yeah, you'd have some football pants full of it. (laughs) Can tell you that much. That. uh Uh. Bro. That that would see, but you got you got camp free in a broken leg. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in a I've I been in a practice pl- today. I've been in a plane that was struck by lightning. We felt like two hundred feet. Nope, that was that was not great. Hey, no nobody was hurt. They all ended up going to practice. I'm sure, that was an and, effective uh, practice. Like yeah. you guys got a lot done that one. Yeah, probably got some new shorts out of that. <laughs> Yeah, free falling sixty feet in an elevator would definitely. You learn a lot about people in that situation, though. Like, there was a sound. Somebody made a sound in that situation Mm -hmm. that that you didn't know they were capable of making, and then you they forever will be associated with that sound. Scream guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you learn a lot about people in that regard. Did uh, you turn and choke me with both hands when we were falling? <laughs> <laughs> no, just one. <laughs> What did you just admit to as, as we were free falling? Like, yeah. What? You had to get that off your chest before you thought you were dying? Uh, yeah, we're fine. We're good. This would have been me during the free fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I bet you're like more of a... <laughs> oh, really? That's how we're going to be. Uh... Yep, he's going to play the drop. Damn it. Yep, can't find can't it. Find it. <laughs> can't find the line, can you guys? There, there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, that's a peacock. <laughs> so that's that's a thing. Any more drops in there? No. The official fart start fart of stall. <laughs> there we go. Always one of my favorites. <laughs> I was waiting, just waiting to see anything else there. All right, when we come back, uh, look. I love All Star Break and the advancements, and you get up and you show all the shiny things. We've we've talked about the LED court. Well, Adam Silver got up on stage and said something that um, I I I really hope he's not serious about. And we'll talk about that and more. Come here, and Danny Dusty, Tony the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080 the fan. Look, I'm all for innovation. I like nerd stuff. It's, it's a thing I, I, I will proudly wave my nerd flag about. We, it's, it's okay to push forward and do new things. 
then there's things where you sit there and go, hey, um, maybe how about you just fix the things that were that are broken instead of, you know, I don't know, maybe coming up with something stupid like NBAI. In other words, oh the AI that Adam Silver introduced at the stand-up ahead of All-Star, where he brought out Victor Wembanyama and said, hey, we have this new ability to um, take our games and overlay them with AI, which is kind of insane when you think their League Pass, which is their broadband feature to broadcast games, doesn't work. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know why we're trying to make their games look like movies and appeal to an audience when you have blackouts and other things and your league pass function doesn't work. So that maybe fix that first. I guarantee you if you went out there and said, we are going to revolutionize our streaming ability and make sure our app works and provides service to everybody at all times, it's going to be robust. It's going to be rival and, and, and pass everything that's already out there. But that would require a real commitment and not some tacky thing like this where... The example they showed with Victor Rimanyam on stage was, and this is the quote from the article, he starts speaking into a device that says, NBAI, show me the Pacers game as if it were a Spider-Man movie. And it shows the Pacers as like a comic book Miles Morales Spider-Man. Where you like dunk it, it goes, pow! <laughs> and like Tyrese Halliburton gets Spidey sense before he makes a pass. And it's like, okay. Who asked for this and why? And like you, you could say, well, it's like the Nickelodeonization of the Super Bowl and like trying to draw on kids. Okay, cool. That's fine. But again, they have bigger problems, like making sure their broadcast package works and their refs don't suck. Their refs are a big issue. And I also have a big, like, the problem that I have is, is if you're going to be rolling things out like this, the NBA League Pass not working, that's a big part of it. But also you have a bulk of teams that are in – Television hell right now. Yes. Whether their RSNs have Half gone away completely league. or they will not exist moving forward, and you've got to figure those things out. But this is more, I think, for the NBA has this problem with people aren't watching the games, right? They're watching the highlights on you know, social media. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. That's how young people are taking in the NBA now. I think they're just trying to find a way to make it so they can rope in and attract younger viewers because it kind of looks like an anime type film, right? Oh, no, it like is. That's, like, that's what it looks like. Certainly, they, they and there's, they're thinking that just catches the attention. Obviously money not used in the right way in development, development. but what's new with uh, a professional sports league absolutely looking the opposite direction of the actual problems that lie in front of them, like Major League Baseball and their uh, fanatics in Nike uniform debacle where the Oof. players' union is now stepping in and saying, all right, we can't move forward. Like there were talks about that in the locker room last night. Of it's brutal. Like that better not come to the NBA. It, because those uniforms look atrocious. It's not like they look bad. They they're cheap. Yes, they they, they are they are knockoffs. Brutal. So, uh, but no, it's just really interesting that the NBA is like touting this. Like again, it's very dumb. And it's fake. And I'm like, I'm not I'm not old guy shaking fist at clouds. Like, but just. You have bigger fish to fry, and I know you need wins on a weekend like this. But let's let's maybe not use the like the new generation guy and Victor Wembanyama to prop up your crappy ideas. Well, they had the other segment of this too, where they uh, Ahmad Rashad was also on stage, and they were trying to use the AI to turn Victor Wembanyama into Ahmad Rashad, and it just kind of wound up looking like vaguely like Victor Wembanyama and nothing like Ahmad Rashad. Yeah, very tall Victor Wembanyama or Ahmad Rashad. Yeah, it's just what are we doing? 
we we don't need nothing. This. We don't need nothing this. at all. You know what we do need an hour number three. College football win totals, baby. We're gonna dive into those and more. Come up here on Danny and Dusty, Tenny the fan.